just fine Catch you when you fall Be there when you call It's never too much I got you real tall I'm Tania Carr and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Here at Real Talk, we create space for authenticity, awareness and making a positive impact on the world around us. Real talk, real people, real stories. Ngā mahi nui ki a koutou no mai hoki mai ki te kaupapa kōrero Real Talk. I'm Tania Carr, and before I introduce my next guest, I just want to let you know that there is a trigger warning. We talk about some triggering topics, and if you feel like you need some support, there's a list of contact numbers in the podcast show notes for you. Now, it's my honour to share this kōrero from Jules Fitzgerald, who bravely took the stage at our Your Story event in Porirua. Her mission in life is to save you haste, waste, taste and space. This lady has a passion for living life to the fullest and taking on a challenge, one of them being telling her, telling her story publicly to us all. Suffering from a brain injury after falling off her bike, she shares the highs and lows and how she navigated her new life after exiting her long-term, very successful career in the banking industry. Starting her own business and pivoting through COVID, Jules is an inspiration to many. It is with the greatest pleasure that I introduce Jules Fitzgerald to tell her story. Kia ora koutou. Um, Good morning everyone. I'm Jules um, and my business is called Thrifting with Jules and my mission in life is to save you all haste, waste, taste and space. (coughs) Pardon me, I am a little bit nervous, but I have a few notes to work from. Whoops, and already, there we go, sorry. All right, so unlike the other speakers who've been up here before me already today, um, my life seemed to have followed quite a normal trajectory up to the age of 50. So I went to school. I went to university, I got a really useless degree in English and history um, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I left school and um, I had some expectations from my family and particularly from my father that (coughs) I would get a good education and then I'd get a good job and I'd get a safe job and build a career and then I'd probably marry and have children and all that sort of thing, you know, because that's what women do. My father was quite old-fashioned. So... I fulfilled half of that dream for him because I never married and I never had children um, and it actually took me a long time to uh, accept myself and actually come out as gay, which I didn't do until I was in my 40s. But I'd known for a long time. So anyway, um, crikey, I just said that really publicly. <laughs> still, ske- still scares me a little, um, but I have to be true to myself. So anyway, so in this picture here, I'm 50, believe it or not, uh, in those pictures, this is a few years ago, and um, I was pretty much at the peak of my career. So I worked in banking and IT. So I had a nearly 30-year career, started off at the National Bank in the graduate program, you know, getting trained up to be a really good bank manager. Turned out I was a pretty crap bank manager. <laughs> but the great thing about working in a bank is that you can actually change your career without actually having to change your employer. So corporate environment is actually a really, really safe place to be. And um, so 
I was always quite geeky and I thought I actually quite liked detail and I do when I'm a bit OCD about detail sometimes, but I'm actually a really strategic thinker. So I ended up going into IT. Um, who trained as a programmer? Yes. <laughs> Tania, yes, and Vicar. Um, so I thought I would become a programmer. It turned out I wasn't all that great as a programmer, but I was a really good people manager. So I built this career and I ended up as a manager and um, National Bank got bought by ANZ in 2003. And um, anyway, so so here I am, full head of curly blonde hair, which I then promptly shaved, shaved off for a charity bike event that I was doing and raised $5,000 for the Cancer Society. <laughs> and along the way, I'd kind of tracked along and, um, you know, I'd... I had all the trappings of success. So I had a beautiful wardrobe. I had all these lovely designer clothes. I was earning a really good income. had fabulous shoes. I'm actually more a shoeaholic than clotheaholic, believe it or not, and handbags. Um, I bought my house in, the, in my 20s. Um, instead of travelling like everyone else did, I bought a house. I paid it off. So I was mortgage-free. I was doing all this stuff. I had this successful career and all that sort of thing. Um, I'm very sporty. I too played hockey, Wendy, for many years. And I was a hockey ref as well, up to national level. <laughs> and I used to get yelled at a lot too, but that was probably because I was a bit of a dictator on the field. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed having fun and I was quite free-spirited. So um, the other thing that I had started doing in my 40s was I took up cycling. So I'm one of those people that everyone loves to hate. I wear lycra, I ride, in a pun- I ride in a pack on the weekend and go and have coffee, you know, so like that was all cool. Um, around this time when this photo was taken, we'd just finished one of the biggest, most successful IT projects in New Zealand ever, which was the merger of ANZ and National Bank. And um, anyway, so moving right along. So I went out for a bike, so about six months after that photo, I went out for a bike ride one morning and something happened on State Highway 2. There was some rubbish on the road. I was riding in a bunch at number three and you're totally reliant on the people in front of you. When you're at number three, you can't see anything or further back. And there was some rubbish on the road, which is actually this thing here, which I hit full on and went over my handlebars at 35 k's an hour. Um, about... A minute later, I woke up. <coughs> I actually refused to acknowledge that I'd been locked out for about three months. Anyway, um, ended up in an ambulance at Hutt Hospital, got given the old good old concussion test, by which time I was fully conscious. I'm an alpha personality, you may have twigged that already. <laughs> uh, and so I'm really good at, I try and win everything and pass every test. So I passed the concussion test quite nicely. And um, so I didn't get diagnosed with a head injury, but I did have a head injury and that didn't get diagnosed until about a month later by my doctor. So in the meantime, my GP actually put me on half days at work while I was recovering and because he thought I had a head injury and hadn't diagnosed it. Um, But during that period of recovery, I started to appreciate that I was extremely burnt out. I was really stressed. I actually hated my job. Uh, with a passion. I'd actually been actively trying to um, disestablish myself for about two years at that stage, unsuccessfully. (laughs) Um, They seemed to like me and I was like, I just want out of here. So um, 
the head injury actually gave me that opportunity because I had really, really, really crap energy levels. You know, I couldn't read a book, I couldn't read a screen, I couldn't work for longer than about 15 minutes at a time. I'd work for four hours, I'd go home and I'd sleep for five hours, wake up, have dinner, go to bed, sleep for 12 hours. And that kind of rinse and repeat for about three months while I was recovering. So my brain was telling me something. Anyway, um, and during that period of time, I'd... Um, I'd given up smoking earlier and I'd been on drugs for that and my GP took them off it and it turned out that they were also masking some of my head injury symptoms. So I was actually not as recovered as I thought I was. I had a massive meltdown and the, the outcome of that basically was that I went, you know, I'm out of here. And so I took early retirement at the age of 51 and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I've just thrown my notes on the floor, so I'm totally winging it now. <laughs> Next slide. So I decided to go on my OE. <laughs> so at 51, here I am travelling around Europe on my own, and all my friends are going, oh, you're so brave. And I'm like, no, I'm just having the holiday that I should have done in my 20s. Uh, I had a fabulous time. So I went ballooning. I actually went ballooning twice, once in Turkey and once in Spain. This is in Istanbul. That was my first day. This is also in Istanbul in the Blue Mosque. I loved Turkey. It was fabulous. Um, obviously, in France, I drank champagne. Uh, and the other one there, the bottom, that's me cycling in Italy. So I incorporated another love of my life, which was actually getting back on my bike and doing some cycling. And um, I had a fantastic time. And then I was sitting in a hotel room one night, and I got a Facebook event invitation from a friend back in New Zealand to a Tupperware party. It was three days, literally three days after my plane landed back in Wellington. And so I went, yeah, why not? I'll go to this Tupperware party. So I went to a Tupperware party. (laughs) And two days later, well, after telling the consultant how she was not actually doing her job properly and all that other stuff. (laughs) So two days later, I get a call saying, we think you'd be a fabulous Tupperware lady. And I was like, okay, give it a crack. At this point in time, I'm still like, I'm not able to go back to work. This is part of the conditions of my early retirement package, which I'd negotiated with the bank because, of course, I'd used those words PG. (laughs) Anyway, moving right along. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give it a crack. I never thought I could sell anything, let alone plastic boxes. Turns out I was actually pretty damn good at selling plastic boxes. So here I am, I'm a business owner. This is like the complete opposite of what my father dreamed for me for my life. But actually, I loved it. And I was really good at it. So in my, within my first six months, I'd been number six in sales in New Zealand. I was up on stage at conference. You can see me here with all my goodies from my first conference. I earned quite a lot of stuff. And every week, every month, there were incentives. And I earned almost every incentive you could get. Um, I built up a team and promoted as a Tupperware manager, and then we earned the car, and I had the car for about six months, which was fabulous. Um, And then, um, but what I didn't know was that Tupperware was actually starting to go downhill a little bit in New Zealand. So I was working really hard, I was making a good income for myself, but over the next couple of years, that income started to dwindle. It was getting harder and harder to do parties and to book parties. (coughs) And... um, you know, it was like I was working really hard. I wasn't getting the same results, but I was still doing really well within the, the overall with Tupperware. So I was kind of thinking I needed a side hustle. So I started to build a little side hustle. It actually started off with me just going, 
I am never going to wear these corporate suits again that are still sitting in my wardrobe. And I spent hundreds of dollars on clothes and I was like, I want to get some of that cash back. So I went to a market, sustainable fashion market, and I sold about half of my corporate clothes and I was like, yes, this is me. I loved it. I love the ethos of it. It really ties in with my personal ethics. So I've very always been a granny. In fact, I begged my mother when I was seven to stop using paper bags because they were cutting down and burning the rainforest in the Amazon to make paper bags. Of course, they weren't. They were destroying those trees to make farmland. <coughs> but I was too young to know that. And, and in those days, plastic bags was the solution that was going to save the planet. Yeah, wrong, sorry. Anyway, <coughs> I, I know an awful lot more about it now. But I've always been a granny. I've always had this passion to save the planet. So, um, yeah, so Tupperware... The next thing that happened with me with Tupperware was COVID. So um, <clears throat> we'd never been allowed to do anything online. We'd been allowed to run online parties. You know, that wasn't how Tupperware operated. And then all of a sudden, we're all locked in our homes and we're allowed to sell online and do online parties. So one of the things that I loved to do, as you can probably tell, I'm a bit of an entertainer. <clears throat> um, so I'd go live in my Facebook group. So this is me on the this side dressed up in all my finery with my tiara on, doing a formal Friday. So <laughs> about 7 o'clock every Friday, I had an event in my Facebook group, and i dress up in my nice clothes. Some of them were getting a little bit tight by then, I have to say. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. <laughs> um, and i dress up and i make cocktails. And then all the poor people who were watching me had to watch me drink my cocktails as well. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, we weren't allowed to have anyone in the house, right? So, um, but, so that was Formal Friday, and that was a way for me to maintain engagement in my group. Um, I did a lot of individual consulting with, um, with customers and potential customers, and behind me there is my pantry, and I'd open, I'd open my pantry doors up and I'd show people how you could organise your pantry, and then I'd do individual consultations and help people do theirs, and the same with the fridge and freezer. Um, on the other side, this was from an online party that I did, and I made a chocolate face mask. So it was one of the pamper recipes from Tupperware. So I'd plastered this chocolatey mess on my face and then went live on Facebook <laughs> in my kitchen in my bathrobe. <laughs> you know, because it's being me and it's being real. So, um, yeah, so that was me with Tupperware. But COVID was really the nail in the coffin for Tupperware and two years later a very long slow decline Tupperware withdrew from New Zealand so all of a sudden I'm like I haven't got a business I've got a side hustle but I don't have a business anymore and you know it's like I have to have some money coming in let's be honest I have to pay the bills and the the vet bills get more expensive as the cats get older um so I I just but then branded my side hustle as thrifting with jewels and so this is a little bit of an example. So I, um, I look to keep clothing waste, textile waste out of landfill. That's one of the really key parts of my mahi. And, um, and so I do go to the sustainable fashion markets and I'm selling good quality secondhand clothes. Um, so that's a really big thing with me. So this is my new business, Thrifting with Jewels. I've been operating that for about nine months now and... It's going pretty well. In fact, I'm going to have a pop-up store in Berenpore in a month's time, so that's scary but fun. Looking forward to it. So there we go. My mission in life is to save you haste, waste, taste and space.
Real Talk could be coming to a town near you, so check out the Real Talk website, www.realtalknz.co.nz, or follow us on our Instagram at real underscore talk underscore nz to find out where we'll be next. I got you real talk.